that when you are asking a question in a coaching setting, making sure that you're not just waiting for the answer that you want to hear because you actually might learn something from the person that you're coaching. Hi, I'm Hannah, and together with Steph, we started Wiser to help people understand their why, become wiser, and thrive in their careers. So here we are with the Get Wiser podcast. Enjoy. Hello, Hannah. What are we here to talk about today? Hello, Steph. Today, we're going to talk about coaching, mentoring, and how that is different to managing and really understanding how coaching and mentoring complement each other and then how to put that into practice as a new manager or existing manager that's wanting to develop. So shall I start with my take on how they're all distinctly different? Yeah, go on. All right. So, and this is my perspective, so jump in if you have any differences of perspective. Disclaimer, coaching, mentoring, managing, all vastly different. Um, When you are a manager, you have to be able to flick between all three. That's my opinion. Yes, I agree with that. So a coaching technique is really focusing on guiding someone to an answer or an outcome using questions um, because the answer to something is always within the person. So coaching is just getting them to that answer through questions. Um, Mentoring is developing some sort of relationship and sharing common experiences to help someone grow or work through a similar experience. And managing is really just telling someone what they need to do and how to get something done and managing tasks and deadlines and outcomes. Perfect. Couldn't agree. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Fab. So maybe you can talk me through some coaching techniques that you commonly use and how you use them to grow and develop people in your team. Where do I start? I think for me, a really, a really big and important one is being able to ask really powerful questions. I think that, you know, as you said, the answer is often within them. So how can you guide them there without pushing them to perhaps an answer that you're looking for? Because, you know, you can always tell the difference when someone's asking you a question and they have an answer in mind that they're waiting for you to say, or they're asking you a question and they're coming from a place of curiosity because they want to help you get there in your own way. And I think there's a really distinct difference between the two. So I think, you know, just to note here, that when you are asking a question in a coaching setting, making sure that you're not just waiting for the answer that you want to hear because you actually might learn something from the person that you're coaching and it comes off as disingenuous and inauthentic. So really being curious in that question asking. Another another practice in that is the active listening piece and knowing that, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth. Actually, I think my dad told me that. More wise words from dad you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So really listening more and talking less in that, in that sort of setting, because that's where you've got, that's where you're going to hear how to respond next with like another question to sort of coach someone through that. Um, and also listening for what's not being said as well and being fully present when you're listening so that you can really share perspective and, you know, build that trust and rapport within that person. Uh, And then another tool to use when you're coaching is utilizing feedback. And so, you know, we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, being really generous with giving feedback, but making sure that it's provided in a really constructive way, in a way that is trying to 
get the best out of someone and giving feedback as a tool for their development. No, I agree with all of those. I think maybe I can just speak on using those techniques and the skills that they indirectly develop. Yeah, go on. Using powerful questions, active listening, feedback, the outcome that those things have on a person is really on their personal growth. So by asking powerful questions and being curious, you're really empowering someone to think about their potential or develop a new skill or a couple of weeks ago we talked about imposter syndrome. Coaching helps people overcome that because people have a a lot of the time someone has a self-imposed limitation and through a process of asking them really great questions, more often than not, they work out that that is a self-imposed limitation, not a true limitation. Mm. Um, Another thing that those techniques develop is problem solving. And because when you're asking coaching questions and the answer is with the person, people start learning how to take ownership for a problem or a challenge and the line of questioning, not like it's an investigation, but, you know. Kind of though. Um, it kind of help, it helps them develop their own problem-solving skills because they're responding to the questions you ask and more often than not in their head they're going, oh, okay, that's a good question because I could do it this way, I could resolve it that way. So you are guiding them to an outcome but the outcome is resolving a situation or a problem and using their own answers and what's in them, they work out how to solve that problem. I guess in that as well, that's where you're really, you know, empowering them to be their best in their role. And if I think about some feedback that I was given early on, like early days, is someone said, you're so coachable. And I was like, what does that that really mean? Like, you know, I just want to learn. And they're like, that's exactly that. Like, you know, you, you want to be your best. So you're really open to answering questions and getting curious and you take on feedback. And so I think that, you know, people... You, you have some people on your team who will be really coachable and perhaps some that aren't quite there yet or that's not in their wheel, wheelhouse yet. I think it's really important for people to remain coachable. Yes. Uh, and if they're, not yet, if they're not yet coachable, they need to find some perspective on why co- being coachable is a good thing. And what coaching does give you and being open to being coached is perspective. And sometimes what people that are new in a manager role or in a leadership team, they need to acknowledge that it's being in that role is now a role of continuous development and you really do need perspective in that role. You don't just get there and then your learning's done. You never never become too senior to learn. And that's where coaching and being coachable is really, really important. Um, And... I have come across people that I have managed that actually may never be coachable. <laughs> Agreed, same. And sometimes you can't change that because you can use all the coaching techniques in the world to offer a different perspective, but at the end of the day, the only person that can change that is the person themselves and they need to open themselves up to coaching. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't let it drink, make it drink. Exactly. And yeah, sometimes for a new manager, that becomes quite a point of friction or a challenge because you want to find a way 
to help that person and coach that person. But sometimes a new manager needs to learn or needs to be able to stop themselves and go, okay, I'm putting my energy into the wrong thing because you can't just snap your fingers and make someone coachable. No, you can't. I guess now shifting to the mentoring perspective, you know, we spoke about how they do complement each other. Do you want to talk about the significance of mentoring in the career advancement and, um, you know, developing your people? Yeah. So like I said at the start, mentoring is really a relationship-based approach and it's about building a relationship and building a tr- building trust and sharing experiences. So by doing that, by building those things, trust and sharing experiences, you are indirectly building your team because you're providing guidance, you're sharing how you've dealt with situations before. And sometimes when someone comes to you, someone in your team comes to you with a problem, they don't always want to be coached, but they might need to be mentored in that moment. Yes. They might need to just hear how you dealt with a similar experience and they will then use your experience to work out what their experience becomes. I think like a really important piece in that is um, being vulnerable as a leader because it's not a sign of weakness to, sh- to demonstrate or share that you've made a mistake similar to that before or you've been on their journey where they're struggling before. Like I think there's so much power in that and seeing, you know, hey, I've been there, I've been in your shoes and sharing that experience, how you learned from that because then they can see where you are now as well. So I think there's so much power in being vulnerable and that humility piece and a lot of people find that really hard to exercise, but I think when you can nail that, at, at your mentoring skills, they skyrocket because, you know, you add that extra layer of when we spoke about, you know, empathy. It kind of just falls into that um, wheelhouse of emotions. Yeah, and sometimes more senior managers or more senior leaders, they never acknowledge what it was like when they first started. Yeah. They can't – They sometimes carry on like they've been a really great leader from day one and it's it I honestly like I just don't think it's the reality I do not believe that any one person started managing people and on day one was really good at it some people have more EQ than other people that's that's known but even someone with the highest EQ is not a good manager on day one I don't care what anybody says For anybody listening who doesn't know what EQ stands for, emotional intelligence. Just, you know, people can't put up their hand up in a podcast, (laughs) just to clarify that. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess in my experience, people that have started as a new manager and they have been a bit more advanced than somebody else, it normally comes down to that emotional intelligence and the people that have higher emotional intelligence have often been mentored and been open to being coached and mentored and all of that. That's a, that's a key difference I see. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, as Steph and I often talk about, we, as a manager, you're often putting on different hats and switching between coaching, switching into that mentor role and then switching into the manager and what that looks like. And, you know, quite often, I believe that you can manage tasks, not people. Like the people comes from leading people, but you can't necessarily manage them per se. It comes from managing their tasks and outcomes and deliverables and whatever their role looks like. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, The job of a, I know the title is manager. (laughs) Yeah. But 
the job of a manager is to manage tasks and develop people and you develop people through coaching and mentoring. Oh, my job. So it's really... So it's really important to be able to identify as a manager when you need to manage, when someone needs to be mentored and when someone needs to be coached. And you always should ask permission to coach someone on something because if you just launch into coaching someone and they're not open to it, it's actually going to have a really adverse impact on that person because their reaction might be out of stubbornness or, you know, out of resistance because they're just not ready or not in a position to be coached on that particular thing. So that's why that role requires all three, coaching, mentoring, managing, and it requires the emotional intelligence from the manager to flick between the three at the right times. And I think just to add to that as well, the other week we spoke about, you know, sometimes your people will want their problem solved or help solving a problem, and sometimes they just want to be heard. And so really understanding the distinction between those three things means that you will be a great leader because you can flip between the three of them. Yeah. And sometimes you might want to manage someone because from your time efficiency perspective, the quickest way to resolve it is to just manage them and tell them what to do. But you have to remember that as a manager, it's not always about you. It's always about your team. So you need to stop and identify in the moment what's best for them not what is quickest for you. I think that really succinctly wraps up today's episode, you know, just flipping between the three of them and discerning when you put on which hat, when you're the coach, when you're the mentor, and when you're the manager. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Not from me. Perfect. Well, you know, this is something that we'll continuously chat about because we couldn't possibly cover it all in one episode, but thanks for tuning in today. That's a wrap. Bye now.